Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Los Angeles 2022. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pints. And I'm Carrie Doherty. I like that pause there. I like like almost you had to think about it for a second. And this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then talk about it, but we ran out of episodes. And then we broke down all 24 episodes of the iconic spinoff of the Golden Girls, the Golden Palace, but we ran out of those episodes too. So now what do we do? We do whatever the hell we want. That's right. And today we're doing another Golden Topics episode where we talk about unforgettable stories and lessons on the Golden Girls and how they tie into our own life experiences. Uh, so fun. Well, before we even get into all of that, let's have a little catch her up a Rui. Let's, let's have a little moment of seeing what's going on in life because I have to admit, this is my favorite time of year. I, I mean, I love Halloween, but November and December are literally my two favorite months. I, me too. I just, I just am. And maybe that makes me pumpkin spice latte. I don't care. I like, I love everything. And I don't even, I, and you know me, I'm a cynical person. Like I'm a person who love, like, if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit by me. I'm that person. Like I'm one of those gossipy people, but I really enjoy sort of like the sweetness of the fall and the decorations and the things. And I'm a sucker for all of it. I am with you. I get so excited for November and December. I love, I love like burning the fall candles. Like right now in LA, it's raining. It's raining for two days. Don't you just love for it? I love it. Best. I love just lighting candles. I love having candles lit all around our place at night. We have a fireplace. We haven't lit a fire yet because it's like it's like baby proofed right now. But I think we're gonna light some fires this year. And I will tell you today, okay, this is this is what jobless people do. <laughs> I did a jobless thing today. So for any of you out here in the Los Angeles area, and maybe they have this store outside of LA, probably I don't know, World Market. Right? Oh, yeah. It's it's called something else in the rest Cost of the Cost plus world market, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, around this time of year. Home Goods. Isn't Home Goods also a, a world market-esque adjacent mm-hmm. place? I don't I don't know. If it is, I'm not aware. I know Home Goods is part of the TJ Maxx family. Oh okay. but I don't know about world market. But it's it could be. I just don't know. So once a year, World Market does the most amazing thing where they do these like scavenger hunts in store. Oh. And they're currently doing them. 
They do them twice a day and you go in and there's a clue and you're looking for like a little hidden card. I think this year it has like an elf on it. Mm. The clue today was I'm next to something round. Now this is a big store. The one that's kind of near me, big store. Is it the one at the Grove? No, it's on the West side. Okay. So I I'm in this store. It opens at 10. Yeah. I went yesterday. The Did four you go at 10 a.m.? Did you go 10 I went at 10 a.m. yesterday. Oh, my God. It was a, That's my it, girl. It was a Sunday. There were like 20 people lined up outside the store waiting to get in. <laughs> now, the thing about these hidden elves is when you find one, you bring it up to the register and you've yeah. won a gift card. There are two for 20. $20, one for $50 and one for a hundred dollars, which when you're shopping for like candles and bath rugs and yeah, stuff, you might as well have won the lottery. Yeah. So I went yesterday, all four elves were found within like 10 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, all right, yeah. this morning, it's a Monday it's raining. Yeah. Do I have a job? No. Oh. Do I do? Am I scared of the rain? Like some no. people who live in LA? No, no. I grew up on the East coast. You're I walked fine. through a hurricane once. No, I didn't, but that sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. I get there for one hour. I'm walking around world market. It said I'm next to something round H Allen. I was lifting plates. I was like, I hit every single aisle. There was a man and his wife. They they were like, this is the hardest it's ever been. An hour passes. Only one elf is found. So I'm getting ready to leave the store. And I was like, you know what? I'm here. I might as well like buy a Christmas candle. Go to get the Christmas candle. What do you know? There's an elf. Wow. Bring it up to the cash register. I was like, I found it. I was about to walk out of the store. $50 for the jobless girl. Wow. So I text Stan. I text Stan. I say, I did it. I was about to walk out $50. Stan says, you should buy something for yourself. So (laughs) I love, you know me, I love the candles. I love Christmas. So I basically just spent it on these like LED candles and things to put them in to add more wow. safe baby safe candlelight That's in our so place at Christmas time. I was so excited to bring home Christmas stuff. The jobless girl. This makes you, Christmas this makes stuff. you, I feel like this I, is exactly what Rose would uh, do for the girls. This is exactly what Rose, she would get, she would be there at nine 30 just to be safe. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Incredible. I was st- I was the only one. I was standing out in the rain waiting for the doors to open. Anyway, so it was just a it's you know, it's been tough finding work. The entertainment industry is like yes, can be so fucked sometimes. But yeah. it was like it was a nice little win for myself today. That's so um, nice. So oh, anyway, it totally yeah, love- made my day. I love all I love all this season. Yesterday we were at Target and I I, I saw a little um a menorah, not a menorah, a dreidel like candy dish. I had to buy that. And then I also saw like a little like Christmas light candy dish. So I had to buy that. And I put I already put candy in it. Like it's all like I'm ready. Yes. We had we had someone over earlier and I was like, Oh yeah, would you like some candy? And it was in the menorah bowl, which was, you know, delightful. I love it all. I love it all. I'm very much this seasons person like i'm like i'm like i go crazy for this season i love it i will also say that anytime i came over when we used to record at your place i feel like every time i came over you either had like little candies out or you had fruit or you had wine open you're just a very good host i'm a host i am a hoster (laughs) i'm one of those people i like to feed people i like to make them feel comfortable but then i like them to leave that's a very important quality (laughs) because if you give them things 
if you give them things, I always find they don't necessarily overstay their welcome because then they're like, I can't keep, I can't, I can't keep just taking from this person. I should go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And then they leave and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, you don't have to go, but you have to go. You know what I mean? That's such a wise way of getting somebody <laughs> out of your house. Wait, we have so many you, things You to know talk what about. I do? Well, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. No, but you say Oh, you, no, I just get up do. and start doing dishes. <laughs> oh, I get up and I start doing dishes when I want somebody to go because like our our kitchen has like a little like um it it, lo- it almost looks like when you go up in like the window of like a diner where like yeah. the kitchen is here and then here's like the counter. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I'm over there doing dishes, but I kind of like peek over the counter. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> it, that's what I do. I just, I start doing dishes and like cleaning um, <laughs> because yeah, I never want to go. I never want to go. Well, I'm getting tired because my baby woke me up at five. But Yeah. No, you don't want to be that person. Yeah. I, you know. so first things we have to announce. So we've heard you guys, we've, we've gotten the messages and we, we, we hear you loud and clear. You want us to recap like films and television and mostly television and things that the girls did before the Golden Girls and during the Golden Girls. And we're gonna do it. And you know what one we're gonna start with, which is, this is like something that like, all the listeners know how much I love Murder, She Wrote. I love Murder, She Wrote. It's just it's just one of my most like it's a fun comforting show and so we're gonna do the episode in which Rue McClanahan was a guest star it was called uh murder takes a bus and literally the ad for it is so I love it it says a stormy night a wayward bus and a murder and it's like Angela Lansbury with an umbrella looking shocked and it's like it brings me so much joy this poster I'll post it on our Instagram but so we're going to do that episode next week. And then we're also going to add in the other iconic guest stars that were on the murder. She wrote that also were on golden girls. So that's our first one. Yes. How you, fun is that? you all have spoken. We have, have listened. So in addition to doing beyond golden girls, we will be doing before golden girls and during golden girls. Mm-hmm. And then that way, no stone is left unturned. We really in are the, the illustrious careers of, the of women. these four women. We really are becoming the archive. We're turning into it, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. That makes that means we're academic. If I don't get paid to write a B. Arthur biopic or something at some point, I'm going to I'm I'm going to I'm going to buy more candles probably of course course. well we should say who our guest is going to be today because i'm really excited we have a good friend of mine who he's his name is matt Baum, and he is so great he's a youtuber he's a podcaster he's based in seattle and he focuses his youtubes are like historic in a way he does breakdowns of like the queer influence on the golden girls or on all these iconic television shows and he really his videos, I mean, there was a video about the Golden Girls that went viral a couple of months ago that was like insane. And he is so smart and he knows about television history and the connections and the importance of how they relate to LGBTQ plus people. And it's just, he's such a delight. So I'm really excited to be able to chat with him today. What are we going to chat with him about though, Carrie? So today's golden topic is, have you ever dated someone who had a quote thing? And if so, was it a deal breaker? Ooh, well, we should take a break and we will be right back with Matt Baum. I'm so excited. Woo! Hey. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, Matt Baum, so fun. So good to see you. Not quite in person because you're in Seattle, but, you know, on a video nonetheless. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. I love this show so much. Oh, well, I mean, well, I love you so much. We are flattered. I mean, I've I've known of this mutual love for years. I've been friends with Matt for years now. I don't even know how long it's been. It's been at least, I mean. I think it's been a decade. Talk, at least eight years. Yeah, yeah, it's probably been nearly a decade at this point. Yeah, yeah. Matt's work is so up my alley because what you do is sort of the intersection of popular culture, television specifically, but film and television, and queerness. And then mm-hmm. where those two things often meet. And whenever I'm doing like celebrity interviews or anything, I think of two people and like the, the videos that you guys do or the, the podcast that you guys do. It's you and Danny Pellegrino. Those are the two people that I'm constantly like referencing or like thinking about something that I heard. So like, congrats. You were always in my head. That is so that makes me so happy. I'm, I'm glad to be there. Glad to be <laughs> rattling around in your head. <laughs> well. What are some of the, because you've done so many Golden Girls videos. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about your YouTube series, but also at the Golden Girls videos that you've done on your series. Yeah, so I have this YouTube series where I talk about um, milestones in pop culture, uh, particularly from a LGBTQ perspective. Um, and so I talk about like, what that means is the gay episodes of various shows yes. or the, I, yeah, I just did a video, like a tribute to Angela Lansbury because what a gay icon mm. and, you know, just looking at yeah. pop culture from a kind of a queer lens. Um, and of course that means talking about the golden girls all the time because both behind the scenes and in front of the camera, there was a lot of gay stuff, particularly considering the time, but there was just a lot of gay stuff yeah. swirling around, uh, about that show. So I've done a video about so um, the uh, the the episode where Dorothy's friend comes to where Jean comes to visit. I've done one about yeah. um, Clayton's various appearances, um, and then also um, you know Rose's um, experience with HIV, and the very short um, little segment where Blanche encounters a, a gay proposal on Valentine's Day. So every little gay yeah. bits and bob that uh, the, the Golden Girls has, uh, I, I try to be on top of it. I will say there is something like meeting. So I was at Golden Con and meeting Clayton, the actor who played Clayton, and then oh. also the actor who played played. Oh, I'm blanking on the candidate's name now. Oh, excuse me. Help me, Carrie, if you can remember. Gil Kessler. Yes, Gil Kessler. Um, and meeting both of them, but particularly my conversations with Gil, or that's not his name, <laughs> but with the actor, the actor who played Gil, and talking about them recognizing the importance of their characters and like. And, and even in his case, recognizing how, like, it was not okay today to necessarily – that storyline would not be good today, but it was a time, you know, an indication of the times that the show was on and all these things. And he was very much aware of the conversation around his story in that episode, which I loved so much because it's like, here's this, like – I mean, presumably straight – I don't know, we didn't talk about his sexuality, but, like, presumably straight actor who is just sort of, like – He's no, he's on this one iconic episode that everyone talks about, and I love that he 
has taken the time to really sort of educate himself on that episode and the implica implications of that episode. You know, it's kind of incredible. It, it really is lovely. I, I was very fortunate to speak to Marsha Posner Williams, who's just a delight. Mm. And she's another yeah. one who recognizes uh, just how much this show and also Soap, we talked a lot about her previous show. So yes. just how much these these shows meant and how groundbreaking and daring they were. Uh, and this is, you know, this is very much the work that I do is I, you know, in addition to the story of what you're seeing on the screen, um, I, I'm very interested in the behind the scenes and what it all means and what's going on in the context of the mm. world at the time. And it's so nice because yeah. um, these folks really do appreciate from the, the cast to the crew, everybody, um, yeah. you know, they did something great for the world. And it's it's really nice to know that they it wasn't just a paycheck for them. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it's so incredibly timeless. I, I enjoy so much that um, younger people are discovering it and their parents and their grandparents are showing them. And so it just feels like, you know, we sort of talked about when Betty White had passed away that that was sort of the the end that that would there was a there was a there was a closure there was a you know a, a yeah. chapter had finished it felt like a book had finished in a way and um but the fact that um you know new generations are discovering the show and um you know families are watching it together it's it's really special and i do think it's a show that will stand the test of time for sure absolutely yeah definitely and one of the, one of the things that about your work that i find so interesting is like i was saying that intersection of pop culture and queerness and I've always found that pop culture in general, the conversation around pop culture are driven by essentially three groups of people and they're all marginalized, which I find really interesting, especially online. It's queer people, it's women, and it's people of color. And the, the, the language that we speak that's influenced from pop culture, the, the memes that we share, if you really look at that, you'll see a lot of that either comes from a queer audience, a female audience, a POC audience, and it's kind of, wild that like that those audiences that are marginalized audiences that are sort of you know they, they're they're viewed at least demographically as sort of like a, oh well we want to market to the 25 to 40 something families straight families who buy and all these things no the people who are really pushing this online are like queer people women people of color and it's kind of incredible to see don't you think yeah absolutely it's you know i think of it you know i'm coming from this to this sort of work as as a queer person um you know, one of the roles that I, I like to think, you know, I flatter myself to think that that queer people have is um, that that pop culture exists in part um, at our pleasure and that it is a gift from yeah. from, from marginalized groups, in, in my case, a queer person. But I think, you know, you're absolutely yeah. right. Women and people of color. And I would say for um, in particular with with a show like Golden Girls um, with Jewish people. Uh, that yes. this is, yeah. this is, uh, you know, an opportunity for a, um, culture that may not be marginalized, that, that may be marginalized or may not have the attention, uh, that they deserve, uh, to present themselves and, and to see themselves, you know, to, to, to give something, to bestow something to the larger world. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of rad. I mean, from like a female perspective, Kara, I want to ask you, cause that's one of the things that I think is so fascinating about the Golden Girls and in general, sort of like their influence on pop culture. Like, do you ever talk to like girlfriends of yours about sort of like, cause you have, I know you have a lot of gay friends and you and I, I'm obviously gay. So like we have that back and forth of the typical Golden Girls fan of the straight girl and the gay friend. But like, what are your girlfriends like? Like, how do they love the Golden Girls? I think, I feel like at least with the women that I talk to, um, something that resonates the most uh, is the fact that the, the, the women all sort of bucked the stereotype of what it means to be a quote grandma, you know, that, 
for a long time, when you saw grandma on TV, a woman of a certain age on TV, she was had candy in her candy bowl. She was knitting. She was retired. She was enjoying the grandkids and that they were these women were never really viewed as like sexual beings or, um, you know, so that it was really great to see that you could have these women who didn't need men in their lives. They had each other to lean on for support and that they were very sexual and they were dating and they were going out and they were experiencing new things. And they were really, um, yeah, that they were really just not falling into that bucket of that particular type of, you know, woman of that age. So at at least for me, those are the conversations I feel like with women, like that was just a very refreshing thing at the, at the time, you know, obviously today it's still incredibly refreshing to see too. Yeah, definitely. Wait, Matt, I need to put you on the spot here because I feel like we have never done sort of an in-depth episode, like fan out on the golden girls before. And I need to know when you're in a moment, like today, for example, I mean, you live in Seattle, so it's rainy every day, but in Los Angeles here, it's rainy today. And I can, in my head, go to an episode of the Golden Girls that I want to watch when I want to feel cozy on a rainy day. So like what, considering you're in Seattle and it rains a lot, if you had to have that nostalgic rainy day moment, Golden Girls episode, where would you go to? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think... I would um, actually, I, I think I'm going to co- contradict myself because the first thing I was going to say is I would go to the um, that Storm episode that was like the crossover with Empty Nest and everything else. Oh, my God. I love that episode. Fi- Wait, that's not the one with the lighthouse, though. The 555 easy, is it? Mm-hmm. Or it is. No, it is. It, no, maybe. Well, so here's the thing is like the, for so many hurricane episodes <laughs> thematically, thematically, that's that's the first place I went. But I think my actual my comfort episode is. Isn't it romantic? The one where Jean comes to visit. Yes. Um, yes. It's just, it's such a brilliantly written, really affectionate. And it, it, it really showcases what a beautiful character Rose is. Um, I just love everything about that. And I did a kind of a, a little deep dive into that um, for, we can talk about this later, but you know, I've, I've got a book coming out about queer oh. sitcoms and stuff like that. Yes. So thank you. Uh, so I did a little bit of a deep when dive. Does it come out? It's, oh, so. So the book is called Hi, Honey, I'm Homo, and uh-huh. it's about the <laughs> queer history of sitcoms from the 60s up till today. Oh, that's so cool, yeah. Matt. I, I love, that. love that. Wait, when is it coming it's out? It's coming out in May of 2023. You can pre-order it now at GaySitcoms.com. That is so fucking cool. That I mean, that is so cool that I had to put fucking in front of it. That is <laughs> that cool. So, it's that cool. No, we need that because there are so many... I mean, there's this great podcast, another podcast called The Gayest Episode mm-hmm. that I did a while ago where they basically dissect like the gayest episode of TV shows and stuff. And I forget what we did. I think we did um, that Taya Leone show. Oh, God. Oh, I love that show. Not Naked. Dharma Naked. and Greg? Naked Truth or something. No, Naked oh. <laughs> um, I think it was called Naked Truth. I forget now. But they but like they, they, they dissect gay episodes because every sitcom, whether- Oh, that was that, Jenna Elfman, not Taya Leone. Sorry. Yeah. Someone- yeah. Someone at home said it. I needed to say it because they were like, that wasn't Taylioni. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, but like every show has a gay episode. And for the most part, since like, since like the, oh, I guess the 60s, but 70s is really, I mean, with all in the family and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like, and some of them are bad, but some of them are good. <laughs> and it's, it's, I feel like this book is going to be incredible. I can't wait for it. Well, the thing about it that's so amazing and, and Golden Girls fits in so perfectly into this is that when you look at these episodes across the decades, they really tell the real life story of queer liberation. If you know where to yeah. look, the storylines yeah. hidden in the jokes and the characters and the guests and the, the 
silly, you know, mm-hmm. way too big apartment sets. Uh, they like behind the scenes. Like if you look at it closely, you can see from I start with Bewitched and go all the way up to Modern Family. Oh, Bewitched is pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like behind the scenes, in front of the camera too. Um, you know, you've got Uncle Arthur, of course. Uh, as yeah. Lind. Um, but yeah. also Maurice Evans, uh, who played Samantha's yeah. father, uh, was was um, as far as we can tell, probably gay. This is you know, yeah. he was a man of a certain generation that didn't really talk about it, but. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of good Brady stories. Bunch dad, the Brady Bunch dad. Oh, that's of course. The ultimate of course. One, I feel like. mm-hmm. I mean, that's the one that is almost tragic in the end because I don't think he did he ever come out. I don't think so. I actually I don't know. My you know that would be a great one for me to tackle in the future because you know my focus has been so much on sitcoms. But um, yeah, you know the the the, the Brady Bunch certainly qualifies. Uh, but uh, his really his 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 life happened. So much of his life happened outside yeah. of what was on camera. Exactly. And secretively, yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Brady Bunch well, we had anything that you could call like a gay or gayish episode. They did have Vincent Price, who was a bisexual oh. icon. Oh. Well, I, but Vincent Price is, well, I'll, I have something to tell you offline because it was something <laughs> okay. connected to Vincent Price. But yes, okay, go on. Carrie, we should get to the topic because I want to hear what Matt has to say about this topic so bad. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, okay, should we take a break first or should we just dive right oh, in? Yeah, we should actually take a little bit of a break and then we will come back with this fantastic topic. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. And today our golden topic is, have you ever dated someone who had a thing? And if so, was it a deal breaker? Now, on the Golden Girls, we have seen this many, many, many times, right? Dorothy dating the Beatlemania guy, Rose dating Mr. Terrific. He wore spandex. He had a cape. Mm -hmm. You know, Rose dating Ernie the impotent guy, Blanche dating the jerk in a wheelchair, Dorothy dating a priest. Dorothy dating a sexy clown lawyer, Dorothy dating a married man. Like there are so many. But remember the one that smelled really good, the pheromone one? That was a good one. old pheromones guy. So we have seen this time and time again where the women are sort of grappling with, is this thing a deal breaker? Should I continue to date this person? Mm. And I feel like out of all of the Golden Girls episodes, before we dive into our own experiences, I think that where we've seen one of the women sort of grapple with it the most Mm. and in the most memorable way is of course when rose dated dr jonathan Jonathan newman Newman. uh what an iconic moment in television history yes and you know she was so torn up about it she didn't even tell the girls at first that she was dating him and then of course you know blanche invites him over for dinner without telling rose and she makes the face where her mouth is puckered Mm -hmm. um and and of course, all of the women love Dr. Jonathan Newman. And then there's this really great moment, which H. Allen, I think we should play where, uh, you know, Rose is kind of leaning on her friends, trying to figure out what to do. And how do you feel about that? I don't know. I like him a lot, but. But you were embarrassed to have us meet him. Yes, I hate myself for feeling like that, but it's true. When Jonathan and I are alone together, everything's wonderful. But when we're around other people, I, I, I'm uncomfortable. I know they're staring at him and they're talking about us, and it bothers me. I know it shouldn't, but it does. I mean, how big a man is shouldn't make or break a relationship. Not a word, Blanche. 
I mean, it's just the, the fact that they were able to put in basically a dick joke at the end of that bit. I just, I, I it's just, in 1985, I can't. It was so great. So I feel like, Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot first here. Hmm. Have you ever dated someone who had a thing? And what was that thing? And was it a deal breaker? Can't wait to hear this because people in Seattle are freaking. <laughs> well, here's the thing is, look, if somebody tells me that they've discovered a new way to have fun sexually, I want to hear all about it. I'm not going to be like, no, that's different. Um, so, I mean, I think it would take a lot to freak me out. I will say I dated um, someone, and I won't name names, who... Hmm. One, he had this one thing that just drove me up the gosh darn wall, which is that he insisted that Joss Whedon's name was pronounced Yoss Whedon. It, what? It drove me Wait nuts. a minute. He would correct. Why would he even insist on that? Did he know he, him? No, no, there was no reason to think oh. this. There was absolutely, this was from nowhere. But for some reason, he would correct people. He was such a... For people who don't know who Josh Whedon is, maybe... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Josh Whedon is the creator of Buffy and um, some uh, angel and, you know, various Marvel things. Also wrote on the Golden Girls because his dad wrote on the Golden Girls and also yeah. notoriously terrible to women. I, yes. yes. <laughs> a lot of allegations against yeah. him. Yes. I didn't know that about the Golden Girls, but I have heard the allegations. Uh, yeah. So this was in the early 2000s. And so he was coming up frequently because we were a Buffy household. And... Um, every time there would be this argument about Yoss Whedon. Um, and I wouldn't say that that's what ended the relationship, but I think it is indicative of why I found it um, exhausting at times. Well, because I have so many questions. <laughs> I, mean, I, I too, but I will say the reason I think you were smart to break up in that situation, but I also think because if he was so insistent on that, then you know it's a domino effect. He will be insistent on other things that are wrong, which, I'm sorry, is the, the, the mark of a true narcissist in that they have to believe that they are right in that situation. Like Donald Trump, he believes that he's right in everything. So I think, I think you're safe. I think you're safer with him away. I, you know, it was, it was a difficult, you know, breakups are always difficult, but I, I think yes. we both came out of it happier in the end. Good, good. Did you, oh, my, oh, my brain is spinning circles. Matt, did you ever ask why he insisted on pronouncing it Yoss Whedon? Like where that came wrong? from? I have absolutely no idea. The only thing I can think of, and I, because he was so insistent about it that I was like, well, he must know what he's talking about. The only yeah. thing I could t think of is that he was, um, Spanish was his second language and it was something that he was very proud of. And I think that's a legitimate thing to be proud of. And I think he thought that Joss was Hispanic and oh, I, that's mispronouncing his own name. Yeah. Perhaps, I, that's or, interesting. That's the only theory I can oh. come up with. So <laughs> oh. that's fascinating to me. I, I, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, so that I like was, that. I would say that was a deal. But wow. you, know, I mean, I wish you know, I was on like years ago, I was, I was on, you know, I went back to my family home and I was on Grindr, uh, just being like, Oh, who's, who's That's gay? The best place to get on Grindr though. <laughs> like, like when you travel back to your yes. family's home, like I remember, yeah, years ago, not so much. I don't know anymore. I mean, I don't have a Grindr anymore, but I remember 
that moment of the family time grinder because he's like, oh, that person's gay from like mm-hmm. high school and you find out. Well, that's exactly yeah. what I was looking for. And I didn't see anybody that I knew, but there was someone in the town where I grew up um, who had this thing on his profile where um, he wanted to be a little brother. And I was like, what does that mean? And mm-hmm. we got to talking uh, on, on, on the app and what he wanted was somebody who would be like, a role play of a big brother who just was like taking care of him and like talking him to sleep every night and be like, all right, buddy, it's time to go to bed. I'm going to put the blankets on you and I'm going to tuck you in and make sure you're cozy. And I'm like, this is a little strange. It's a little different from anything that I've experienced with anybody else. But you know what? For one thing, it's wholesome. For another thing, it's not hurting anybody. For a third thing, um, he's getting a lot out of it and I'm glad that he's getting something out Uh, of it. And so are you the type of person? I mean, this might be the comic in me. I don't know. But like for me, when a bad situation presents itself or an uncomfortable situation or an awkward situation, I feel like a normal person, probably all of our listeners, and God bless everybody for being normal people and doing the smart thing by avoiding bad situations. But for me, I lean in to the uncomfortableness and the awkwardness because I know comedy will come from it. I know something funny will, I will get a funny story from this. Something weird will come from this moment. And I don't know if I do it necessarily intentionally or subconsciously, I don't know. But I, I find that I lean into the uncomfort because I know I'll have material that comes from it. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. That's what happened with me and the donkey play guy. If I can tell the donkey play story. <laughs> please, please go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to give listeners the impression that I'm constantly like swimming in kink. But my other <laughs> story <laughs> is that there's this fella who... Um, Blanche would love this. I, Blanche would yes. love this. Honestly, I'm sure she would. Um, I met this person who was um, very interested in essentially a um, Pleasure Island scenario role play. He wanted to be the bad guy, the like the tough, like drinking a beer and he's like rough trade basically. Um, yeah. And but like as he's like being very dominant and assertive and masculine, uh, he starts to become humiliated because he is turning into a donkey and he wanted to role play this whole scenario out with me. And I'm like, Great, sure. Let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. And I was totally game for like basically t- taunting him and teasing him about about like oh this terribly embarrassing thing is happening to you, until he wanted me to um, get on his back on all fours and ride him. And that was the like I don't know why that, but that was the breaking point at which yeah. I was like this has become funny to me in a way that it's very hard for me not to laugh. And I think that's going to break the spell. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but, if, you, if, yeah. You if you can't stay in character, it's not exactly, worth it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know? Wow. Not, Those <laughs> are great. Hey, Talon, I want to hear, since you're... I have one. I have yes, one. Yes, please. I, have please. One. I mean, I have many that I would share, but for the sake of time, I'll share my best. Okay. Um, Which I feel like I've told both of you this story before, to be honest. But uh, I, years ago, in my old apartment on Vermont, where we used to record, um, I dated this guy for a very short period of time and I learned as we were dating that like he kind of had a food thing, which I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Like I'll, I'll deal with this. But he insisted that I had to get, he wanted like the little dunk, the, the, the donut holes, you know what I mean? That you can munchkins. get my little munchkins. And I was like, oh, cause that, now that's, that was in LA when we didn't have Dunkin' Donuts everywhere. This was before Dunkin' Donuts came over all of LA. So at that time, there were only like two Dunkin' Donuts in all of Los Angeles, and they were not near my part of town. They were a good hour drive away for traffic and everything, which in reality, they were like six miles away, but it's Los Angeles, so yeah. And he insisted they had to be Dunkin'. Don- he was from Massachusetts, Gary. He that makes sense. He insisted they had to be Dunkin' Donuts 
munchkins. And I was like, why can't I just go to Gelson's and get the regular donut holes? Like, no. why, why does it have to be this? And he insisted. And literally the deal breaker was, I, this guy isn't worth driving an hour across town just for munchkins. Like, it's just not worth it. You know what I mean? I also was worried about ants in the apartment. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was also a big concern too. But yeah, that was my deal breaker moment. So munchkins were a deal breaker because <laughs> for geographical reasons. Not because munchkins are munchkins are delicious. I prefer oh, the they're chocolate glazed amazing. ones. My, I love munchkins. That's I my favorite too. Like the glazed um regular ones, like the just the regular donut. They're too they're too like airy. You know what mm. I mean? You know, I, I like say, them all, but I'm from Massachusetts. So. As as somebody who lived in Massachusetts for many years, just your mention of that, I want to. I, I will drive from Seattle to Dorchester to get those <laughs> to, to get some yes. munchkins right now because ten points for the correct pronunciation of Dorchester. Yeah. Dorchester. What about you, um, Carrie? Okay, so my thing was um my first year of college in savannah um i dated this guy who like was like a sweet southern boy from chattanooga tennessee like mm. very polite chivalrous like held the door open would cook dinner Aww. would like burn me cds of my favorite music oh wow but he drove what i can only describe as a monster truck <laughs> like and that was a deal breaker that's so hot no listen so you had to like climb up into it that's a metaphor um, for sex carry it was incredibly dangerous um it was loud it like was very loud no. super hard to park now i went to college in savannah yeah. beautiful little like quiet city weeping willow trees everywhere spanish moss cemeteries ghosts whatnot yeah. Like we're not at a rodeo. We're not at a, a monster truck show. I was so embarrassed getting in and out of this car. Like I couldn't wear skirts. I didn't wear a lot, but if I wanted to, I couldn't really wear them. Um, and then, so I started insisting on driving as much as I could, but then I, somebody ran a red light and I T-boned somebody with my car and it was totaled mm. and I was like totally fucked. I had just relied on him for rides. Wow. Um, it wasn't a deal breaker for me. Um, but I mean, we didn't date for like a terribly long period of time. It was probably, you know, maybe six months or something, maybe eight months, yeah. but um, it wasn't a deal breaker. I, I learned, I wouldn't say I learned to like the car. I just... I feel like I tried to just like hang in as much as possible and not go out. Oh, see, when I would, whenever I would visit my my folks in St. Louis, my dad has a truck, and I just felt so manly with driving a truck. You know, <laughs> just the the idea of getting one, in and stuff. Hot. It sucked. It was. Really? It sucked. Driving that does remind me of one one. I didn't really date this person, but we went on a few dates, and they were such a nice person, soft like kind like you know just a sweet kind i was definitely the loud showy one which is normally the case but like i was like he was sort of meek and everything and then and then we got into his car and he drove and he became a full-on maniac to the point of like screaming and yelling at drivers who were totally red flag just, red flag red flag red totally flag just driving normal they were just driving in a normal way and he was getting pissed we also i also have a friend who we all know that that is is not like that he's not as bad as that but there is a there's a moment in time when that friend would throw pennies at other drivers who were driving badly 
like out just out the window at the car just out the window and me and this other friend that i feel like we all know that i'll talk about offline um we would we would tell him don't do that they they might have a gun like they might yeah. like don't throw pennies at driving cars mm-hmm. like that's a bad thing he has since stopped we have talked him out of that we've talked not to mention he could cause an accident but yes road rage is also road rage is real but road rage road rage is a deal breaker is a deal breaker okay so speaking of what's a deal breaker and what isn't a deal breaker to go back to a little romance with rose you know i think what's so sweet about this episode is that we see rose have like that initial hesitance where she's like leaning on her friends for support, weighing the pros and cons. And she ultimately decides that love conquers all of those insecurities. And she wants to be with Dr. Jonathan Newman. Um, But then, you know, little did Rose know that when it came to dating her, Jonathan too had a thing, which was a potential deal breaker. And I think we should play that scene now. I want you to know I care for you a lot, but there's a problem we cannot continue to ignore. Rose, in order for a relationship to be complete, each person has to accept the other for what he is. I don't think that can ever happen between us. Jonathan, you're wrong. I can accept you. I've had time to think this thing through, and I can honestly say it doesn't bother me that you're small. Small? No. I meant I can't see you anymore because you're not Jewish. <laughs> what? Rose, this has been a very difficult decision. You're, you're dumping me because I'm not Jewish? Oh, no, please understand. I come from a very religious family. I can't believe this. I've, I've been agonizing over this relationship, and now you have the nerve. Rose, to please think- lower your voice. People are staring at you. Staring at me, they're staring at you. Well, yes, but I'm used to it. I'm a very snappy dresser. God, I love that line. What I love about that clip is I can instantly picture exactly everything that Betty White is doing with her face. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Such a great actress. It is such a great moment. I mean, I love... I, I, and we've talked about this before, but the actor who played Dr. Jonathan Newman, he died shortly after appearing on the show because he had the same problem that Abraham Lincoln had, where the, he grew too fast. In like his, his adult years, he started to grow. And it's a real problem that I think little people sometimes suffer from. And he started to grow and his body couldn't take it and he died. Oh, my Lord. I had no idea. I know. I know. So, I mean, in a weird way, I watch that and I'm kind of like, because he's so, he is he's so good. so good. Such a good show. actor. And it's show. an episode that people reference constantly as yeah. being a standout, like top five episodes. So I love that the memory of him is kind of the show. And like, that's a nice, it's a nice feeling, you know, it's a mm-hmm. good thing. You know, that so is good. how I try to look at it. You know, when, when Betty White passed and um, Leslie Jordan is another actor who just passed away recently. Yeah. yeah. You know, I try to think about like, oh gosh, but they left us so many wonderful things. They gave us so many presents and gifts in their, in their work. So, um, you know, I'm just. Which mm-hmm. is such like a, like a, like a, a beautiful thing, you know, there's that Jewish saying, like, you know, may their memory be a blessing and or be for a blessing. And it's like, in a weird way, you watch all of these things, these gifts they've given us, you know, these these appearances, this joy, his Leslie Jordan's videos during the pandemic, like all of these things that are like real blessings that they can, they're literally memories that we can revisit time and time again. And how lucky to live a life where you leave a memory like that. Like that's, that's kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I love that so much. Wow. What a sweet sentiment to, to I feel like, end this golden topic on. I wonder, oh. should we take a break maybe and do our golden takeaways? Yes, I think we should. And then we will, and Matt is going to stick around for a golden takeaway because you were putting him on the spot. He has to do it. So yes, let's take a break. We are back with our golden takeaways, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. Now, we're not going to put Matt on the spot and have him go first because that would be really mean. So, Carrie, I'm going to put you on the spot. Why don't you go first? (laughs) Oh, boy. I think my golden takeaway for today, just based on your um, story about the munchkins and stuff and Dunkin' (laughs) Donuts, is I feel like... Duncan has been a crutch for me for a long time. And I feel like should Duncan ever go under, I need to have a backup great donut place in mind Mm. that can be my comfort and my crutch. That's it. It's a very simple one today. I just have donuts on the brain now. I think donuts are next to pie for me in that they are the perfect dessert. Donuts are amazing. Donuts and coffee. Pie and coffee. And milk. I love a donut and some milk. I like the way you say milk. I'm from the Midwest. I can't help it. I put an E in milk and pillow. That's okay. I say rum instead of rum. I I don't think I do anymore. A lot of Massachusetts people say rum or hot hot dog. Hot Hot dog. dog. Yeah. Hot dog. Hot dog. Yeah. I say hot Uh, dog still. My golden takeaway from this episode is um, I firmly believe, I've always believed this, that you need to know history in order to make proper decisions about modern day things. In order to have a context for why things are the way they are today, you have to know why things were the way they were and not judge the way things were, but understand that there are lens into the people that we've become. And what I love about Matt's work is that he does that, that he does sort of give a lens into where we came from, not just as queer people, but as straight people often talking about queer people and straight people presenting queer people in these shows and in these movies and in these things in pop culture and how they shaped and defined where queer people went to, but also where straight people learned to accept queer people. And I find that to be a really fascinating sort of like, because a lot of it is how straight people define queer people and how queer people took a lot of those sometimes stereotypes on and gave them power, for example, Broadway, et cetera, et cetera. So like, it's kind of a nice thing. And I love that, Matt, you're here and that you do that work that allow people to educate themselves and understand maybe why they became the people that they are. Well, I really appreciate that. Thank you. And and that actually dovetails really nicely with with my golden takeaway for you. Wow. We're like on the morning news. We're just segueing <laughs> yeah. back and forth all of it. I love it. Um, I really value the work that you do on this show, in particular, um, highlighting pop culture as a way for people to relate to each other. It's not just a passive thing where you stare at a screen and laugh a little bit, although it certainly can be. But it can also be a way to um, compare your experiences with other people and get to know other people better. Uh, the you know, sometimes people can think of sitcoms as being a bit frivolous, and um, they can be if you want them to be, but they can also be a gateway to getting to know other people, and I think that that is a lovely thing. My other golden takeaway is that if you live in a part of the country that has a Dunkin' Donuts and you have friends who don't, you should send them some Dunkin' Donuts stuff because they're desperate for it, whether they tell you or I not. They're if desperate that for it. Because I feel like Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> spread so fast. I feel like every like. 
It's everywhere now, isn't it? I don't know. I don't think we've got one here in Seattle. If we did, I'd be the first really? <laughs> I'd be lining up. Well, I mean, Seattle is the home of the Starbucks. They're not going to, it would be like sacrilegious for them to have done. I think if really? anyone could take them on, if anyone could take on Starbucks. Yeah. Just yeah, make sure they're unionized. Yeah. <laughs> if, they, if, yes. if they had union, oh my gosh, if we had union uh, Dunkin' Donuts here in uh, Seattle, it would be all over Starbucks. Game Game changer. Well, Matt, where can people follow you on the interwebs and watch all of your great work? Well, uh, you can find me, just look for my name, Matt Baum. Uh, I'm on YouTube with my videos about uh, sitcoms and other pop culture milestones. Uh, and check out my book, Hi Honey, I'm Homo, uh, but the whole queer history of sitcoms that's coming out in 2023. But you can pre-order a copy right now at GaySitcoms.com. And we'll leave a link to that in the show notes. Definitely. Yay, thank episode. you. Um, and Matt, if you'd stick around for one second while Carrie and I close this show. Carrie, what are we yes. doing next week, Carrie? Oh, my gosh. I think next week we're going to do a before or during Golden Girls with kind of um, happy, happy Murder, She like, Wrote. Yeah, the episode of Murder, She Wrote was like the year the Golden Girls came out that Rue McClanahan was on. So it kind of overlaps in that weird way. I will look into the specific date. Yes. Uh, we're very excited to bring that to you next week. And thank you all so, so much for listening to today's episode. And yeah, catch us here next week for some more Golden Girls greatness. And you can follow us. You can Well, of course, we're a part of the Hoo Ha Ha family. So please go support all of those great shows that they have. And you can follow us on Twitter at Golden Girls Pod on Instagram at Adam and I official on Facebook at Golden Girls Pod and I am H. Allen Scott and Sadie Pines on everything. And I'm Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And if you have a moment, please rate and review the podcast wherever you get the podcast because the more ratings we get on the show, the more the show will get bumped up, the more people will discover it and our lovely Golden Girls community will just continue to grow and grow and grow. And now, Matt, this is the moment that very few people get to do with us. So please feel honored, feel special. We're going to close the show with, and as always, Remember... remember. Stay, Stay golden. golden. That was perfect. <laughs>